Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. My mandate today is in the Gospel of St. Matthew, the 7th chapter, and we'll go to the 28th verse. Matthew chapter 7, the 28th verse. If you're there, I want you to shout Amen. Now, the Bible says, and it came to pass when Jesus has ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. The Greek word there, authority is exousia. So the Bible says he taught them as one having exousia and not as the scribes. For many reasons, for many reasons, Jesus created enemies as well as many people who loved him dearly. But Matthew chapter 7, 28 and 29 also gives us one of those reasons why the Pharisees, the scribes, the Sadducees had a problem with this man called Jesus. Remember, Judaism was the prevalent faith till nowadays. If you go to Israel right now, Judaism is at least 73% of the population. Islam is about 13% of the population. And do you know the population of Christianity? 1.9%. 1.9%. Some of you who want to understand what Judaism is, you should go on the internet and study something called the Judistic Creed. And you'll find that the most defined prophet is Moses. There's many other prophets they ascribe to, but primarily Moses is the greatest that has ever lived and will ever live because they don't believe that Jesus came in the flesh. But what was that testimony since then, the coming of Christ till now, within such people? What was that one, can I use the word, concern with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, the Jews of that time. There was a young man who was speaking with such authority. Imagine Jesus went about telling people, I'm the king of the Jews, I'm the king of the Jews, and he had no power. Imagine he kept saying that, but he had no power. 
he'll be called a madman. There are people, if they walked in any country and they said, I am the president of this country, they'll be taken to rehab immediately. And there are people, if they said it, they would cut attention. There would be someone to explain what they mean when they say they are the president of this nation. Same statement spoken, but under different authority. Hallelujah. There are people in this country, if they said, I arrest you, they mean differently from when a normal person says, I arrest you because of the authority that they carry in the nation. So in as far as the concerns that the Jews had with Jesus, fundamentally, this was a problem to all that had heard about this fellow. He was speaking, the Bible says, with authority. Now these scribes, as it was in the way, or the Pharisees, as it was in the way of Judaism, had been raised under teachers. Schools in Jerusalem, as you have read of the story of Paul, he accounts how since as a young child born as a citizen of Tarsus, Cilicia, went down in Jerusalem and sat under one Gamaliel. And these people were taught the way of the Lord. And so it was upon that qualification that then a man was allowed to speak. So if I would help some of us reconcile the content to text, it's why later on in that very portion of scripture in Corinthians, it says that women should not speak. So some people think that that portion of scripture means that women should not be ministers of the gospel. But if you go back to the context in scriptural interpretation, women were never taken to schools to learn. It was only men which were taken to these schools to learn. And so these were the people which were qualified to speak because during that time, it, well, it was a patriarchal society. That's why they say, oh, Jesus fed 5,000 men. They won't say, and women or such number of women. So when he says in Corinthians, let your women keep silence in the churches, it's because during that time, women were not taught. They didn't want anybody which had not taught to what? To speak. It doesn't matter how anointed they were. So that's the foundation. Now imagine a fellow who has a degree in theology or a master's degree in theology. He ticks the box of academia, but he cannot express or vindicate what he carries on his spirit concerning the divine. And for those of you who study, that's the difference between theology and divinity. Theology and theophany. The experience of this God that you study about. Now there's this young man, there's no evidence that he has gone through the schools these ones have gone through. What are his credentials? What qualifies him to be able to speak? So the scribes are among men teaching and they are speaking as men which know. And then another fellow comes and he starts to teach and everybody, now I want you to listen, the people were astonished. Imagine somebody speaking as a Pharisee or a scribe and people are like, hmm, wow. Then another fellow comes who didn't go to your school and he starts speaking and people are like, wow 
How will the scribe walk back home? How will he reconcile in any language or credence the power that this young man has to be able to appeal to the hearts of men that way? Yet he has not walked the process that this man has walked. What then is left for this scribe's years of investment? In that very second, he has been disqualified, degraded, underrated immediately because somebody with great authority is teaching. Somebody with exosia is teaching. There's a difference between knowing how to recite a psalm or precisely the Psalm 23 from knowing the shepherd in the psalm. Are you following what I'm saying? This was the war between the scribe and Jesus at that particular point. One knew what, the other one knew how and what. Are you following what I'm saying? This, in simpler English, is called the power of influence. The power of influence. What is influence? Influence is the ability to affect people and events. The ability or the power to affect people and events. Imagine you're in a group of 20 people. And then you stand amidst them and tell them, run. And they all look at you and they're like, and another man comes in the same people and tells them, run. And they all run. That's influence. Tell your neighbor, you need it. Tell them you need it. Now, let me go deeper. There's something the Lord showed me many years ago. A reality, and I, I can call that a fundamental law in the things of God. And this is what he told me. All godly virtue, this he said, all godly virtue is given with balance. All godly virtue is given with balance. The Spirit of the Lord continues to explain to me why the Word of God is a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword because you'll need the two elements to balance for you to make sense or reconcile with the principles of biblical interpretation. God has called everything assigned for the good of man to be exercised with the wisdom that balances things. And if you don't understand those balances, when the Bible says in Proverbs that the Lord hates unjust weights, some people think it only ends with the shopkeeper that has cheated on the scale. But every glory that you have on your head has a weight. And these weights, let me use the word plural, are found with certain balances of the Spirit. It's like, if God says, I have given you liberty, you are free. For whoso the Son sets free, is free indeed. That liberty comes with a balance 
of boundaries. That is why the Bible says we should not use our liberty for vice. He's trying to strike the balance with which a man has to exercise themselves in the liberty that has been given them. There are boundaries. You are free, but you can't go beyond this point. Because if you go beyond this point, that's not freedom. That's folly. For example, when you say, Amanda, grace. And Paul says, should we continue to sin? So grace should abound. He's trying to bring some balance. Because all godly virtue comes with a balance. The spirit realm must have distinct congruities. Things must be held harmoniously in reconciliation to the cause and effect. Why is this important for you to note? Look at the gospel, for example, of grace. I've had people who are trying to balance the grace and the law. No such thing exists. You can never balance the grace and the law. <laughs> That's why I say there is wisdom required in understanding these balances. Whatever which age is defined by God truly is in definition. When it comes to the message of grace, we only balance that with faith, not with the law. You see? To balance it with the law is to go beyond or to exceed the boundaries that God has defined in understanding. Because you cannot be under grace and under the law at the same time. Bible says, for you are not under the law, but under grace. You can't be under both. So if you can't be under both, then how can you balance both? Bible says that the law was the schoolmaster that led us to Christ. Read it. It was the schoolmaster that led us to Christ. Galatians 2.25 says, But after that, faith is come. We are no longer under a schoolmaster. See, faith and grace work together. Faith worketh through grace. Now the balance has to come from there. Are you following me, child of God? This is very important. This is very important. Now, look at the virtue of the vindication of the Spirit. Because that's a very fundamental pillar to define your course as a minister of the gospel. Whether you are standing on the pulpit like me or you're going to be doing whatever. By the way, you're not just a minister of the gospel because you're on the altar. Some of you in your workplaces, in your business world, in your construction company, you are ministers of the gospel. But wherever the mystery of godliness has been defined, the Bible says, great is the mystery of godliness. It's great. And it says, God was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit some versions use the word vindicated in the spirit seen of the angels preached unto the world believed on in the world and received up in glory but 
from his coming in the flesh, manifested in the flesh, it was not enough for him to come in the flesh for men to believe him. He needed to be vindicated by the Spirit. He needed to be justified in the Holy Spirit. Once he's justified, then the Bible says he's preached among the nations and he's believed on in the world. The only way the nations can receive him and the world would believe him is if he's firstly vindicated by the Spirit. Now, in such experiences of the vindications of the Spirit, like I'm speaking about, there is a certain balance that God gave us in the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 verses 36. And I want you to listen to this. The Bible says they were all amazed and spake among themselves saying, What a word is this? For with authority and power, he commandeth the unclean spirits and they come out. You see, the balance has come. With authority, one side of it, and with power, he commandeth the devils to come out. With authority and with power. So the perfect balance, the reconciliation of these things is between functioning entirely with the power of God and the sheer authority of the Spirit. I know people who function under power, but they have not known how to function under authority. And I know people who understand authority, but they don't understand power. And Jesus needed both. So do you. Are you following what I'm saying? So do you. Now, let me help us understand this. Authority and power. So here it says, he spoke with authority, exosia, and power, dunamis. Authority and power, exosia and dunamis. What is dunamis? Let me first define dunamis. The word there used as power. What is power? Dunamis is the inherent ability, godly ability in a thing by essence of its nature. And that's the power that does miracles. Dunamis is the miraculous faculty, the power to perform miracles. But do all people who perform miracles have the power of influence? Do you think it's enough to make a lame man walk and open a blind eye and think you're going to build a successful ministry? Do you think it's enough to be accurate in prophecy and think that you're guaranteed to build a successful ministry? No. I've seen men with very great potential but disqualified in the places of progress, in the places of results. I know very many, very many powerful ministers, people who can do so much by the gift of the Spirit, but they cannot define anything beyond that realm to translate that to an effective or efficient ministry. 
The rest is not to the swift. Not all the kids you went with to school which were first in the class are necessarily the most successful people. They're perhaps even working for folk who are failing in the class. They're employees of some men which didn't even go to school. Hallelujah. Because the rest is not to the swift. The battle is not to the strong. May the bread to the wise, nor yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But it says, time and chance happens to them all. The opportunity and the experiences of the Spirit are availed. That's how it translates. The opportunities and experiences, that word there for time is experiences actually. God will accord certain experiences for you and chance are opportunities to happen to you. But your experiences spiritually will precede the opportunities that should come to you. If opportunities meet you where experiences have not been exercised, you are in trouble for failing by reason of the principles that would disqualify you. It's like being promoted to a class whose ability you, you do not have within you to execute. Are you following what I'm saying? Being put in a position whose training you don't have. You will have to go through the process to equip yourself to be built enough to qualify. And some people skip that process. Oh, by reason of heavenly need, and I have seen even God sometimes when it was time to redeem nations, sometimes he would get men which were not ready and he would start to make them ready deliberately or send them and prepare them while he has sent them. But you'd always see the strands of preparation with God. All these things he does to Moses, oh, put your hand in there, bring it out, turns leper. He's trying to show him something. He's preparing him. Put down your stick. It stands into a snake. He's preparing him. Because when God appears to this man, he even has to ask him, who should I tell them sent me? That's not a man who knew enough. Oh, but I cannot speak. That's not a man who knew what God can do. Are you following me, child of God? Luke 24, verses 29. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. He was telling the disciples, stay in Jerusalem until you receive the miraculous faculty. Until you receive the power to do signs, miracles, and wonders. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then the other word now I wanted to define is exosia. What I've been speaking about is dunamis. And where the central theme of our sermon this evening is. What is exosia? It's authority. It presupposes having the right, and listen to these words, or permission to do a thing. This is important. You have power to do something. But do you have the permission to do it? Are you following what I'm saying? Do you have the right to do it? The Bible says he gave his disciples power 
that was authority. In fact, in most of the scriptures, it's exosia, provisional. Why? Because dunamis could only come when the spirit comes. Are you following what I'm saying? Dunamis only came when the spirit came. Before that, it was exosia. Operate by the extension of the grace working on my life. That's how much right I give you. The church of Jesus Christ would be inferior only to claim the liberties and the glory that came with a church that only had an extension of exousia but did not have dunamis because that was not a perfect balance. Dunamis comes when the Spirit of God comes upon them. He says, tarry in Jerusalem until dunamis comes. I send the promise of my Father, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endured with dunamis from on high. Are you following? So, whatever he spoke to his disciples when he told them you shall trample on snakes and scorpions and none of those things shall by any means harm you. That was not because they had a miraculous faculty in them, but because by extension they carried the permission of the Christ to cover them when they found themselves in such circumstances. That is not the glory of the New Testament. It's incomplete. Does somebody understand what I'm saying? That's why Jesus says, greater things you shall do. Greater, greater, greater things you shall do because I go to the Father. It's expedient that I go because if I don't, you shall not receive the Holy Ghost. The miraculous faculty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever they were doing was an extension of his authority. As you would have gotten a hanky, and Paul placed exosia on it. And that hanky was taken to men which were sick or possessed with devils. The Bible says how God wrought special miracles by Paul. And the Bible says so that handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and evil spirits went out of them on whom these aprons or handkerchiefs were put on. These handkerchiefs were carriers of exosia from a man of dunamis. This was the extension in the liberties of Paul by reason of having commended himself to the consciousnesses of men as he continued to exercise himself in the truths of God. He knew how to imprint that in the spirit, in that extension, and I think I've spoken about this. So he would touch a hanky and release an anointing on that hanky and that would extend. This hanky now would go as an object of authority. But in it is not Christ. In it is not the Holy Spirit. Everything God promised the disciples to do through his power is inferior from what a Christian can do. That is why he tells them you shall cast out devils. And when the Peters get into this dimension, their shadows are healing. Their shadows are healing. By reason of dunamis, they could extend authority even over their shadows. And their shadows were of influence. Their handkerchiefs were of influence in that liberty 
many things can go. Some of you remember the story in Barrera where I was taking a crusade and they took a blind man in front of my poster and he saw. <laughs> he saw. Hallelujah. Greater things shall you do. Tell anybody greater things shall you do. Exosia also means the permission to do as you please. That means it's the place of exercising yourself in the liberties of the power you have. Because these are the things that permit you. Exosia also means mastery. Mastery. The Bible says, he that strives for mastery must be tempered in all things. In other words, must be patterned in all things. So if exosia means pattern, it means by dunamis, a man can demonstrate power, signs, miracles, and wonders. But by pattern, a man can stand in authority. Authority is a patterned realm. No man in this world can gain such mastery without a pattern. There is a pattern. The Bible says the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him. For he shall reveal to them his covenant. He shall show them his law. He will reveal to them something. They know something. They always know something. If you find somebody successful in something, they'll always know something you don't know. You can accuse them for being whatever you want to accuse them for, but they always know something. It doesn't matter how much you are able to exercise yourself in dunamis. When you find a man functioning under some authority, they know something. The Bible says he will show them his covenant. He will reveal something in covenant. It's what he calls the secret of the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? But exhaustion also means influence. Now you know why I want to teach about this. Exhaustion means influence. To have the power to affect people and events. To affect people and events. Not everybody functions there. There are many gifted, but they can't affect people. There are many gifted, but they cannot affect events. Look at Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4. This man says, my speech and my preaching, if you read the Amplified Version of this, I want to give you an example of authority. I want to give you an example of authority. Paul says, my language and my message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, and plausible words of wisdom as not a good speaker. If you wanted to find a good speaker, Paul says, as not a good orator, as not a mighty orator. I could not articulate. And some said, as he says later in his letters, that some say that his letters are, what was the word used? Weighty and powerful. Weighty and powerful. The perfect balance. The perfect balance. Weighty and powerful. But his bodily presence is weak 
and his speech is contemptible. So this was a man who didn't know even how to speak. So when he comes to you and tells you my language and my speech or message were not set forth in persuasive, enticing, plausible words of wisdom. He says, but they were in the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. The demonstration of the Holy Spirit and power. Approved by the Spirit and the power of God operating on me and staring, listen, in the minds of my hearers, the most holy emotions influence and thus persuading them. And thus persuading them. That is why even in the liberties Paul expressed himself, the why instances, he would say, I speak this by permission and not of commandment. This I speak by permission. I had to find the place of the authority to be able to articulate the things I'm going to speak to you because they're not in the jurisdiction of my office as an apostle to speak. They're not in the sum of the full counsel of the oracles. That only is by commanding the office as one which is laying the foundation. And I can only reach you as Paul says, by the measure that he has given me. But there are things I will need permission to speak. Because with these, I only speak by authority. Not by the office of the apostle. So some things I have seen even in God qualify you beyond your office. By what right would Paul speak about marriage if he wasn't married? He needed a certain authority. He needed to earn a certain place to be able to speak about marriage as one which understands marriage if he was not married. That is exosia. That's There's some permission required. And that is why every minister which understands the expression of these things, you don't preach something because you read it in a book or because you had another preacher preaching it or because you know how to preach it or because you felt you wanted to preach it. No, every message you give as Rema has to be weighed by God, examined to approve as of whether you are firstly by command call to minister or if it requires a certain authority for you to be able to speak it. That's why Paul says, I have not, or I will not speak of the things save which Christ has wrought by me to make the Gentiles obedient in word and deed. The expression of God's power multiplication of his graces on your life can only be revealed when you are able to speak things that will cause men to be obedient by word and deed. And that only comes from a man who has been purged. He says, those things which Christ has wrought by me, I carry the experience of those things. If I should speak beyond the experience, personal experience of those things, then I need a certain phase, a certain place to qualify myself by permission to be able to speak those things. There are things I know to speak, but I still don't carry the permission yet to teach. So I will not teach them because I know them. Those, I have to be patient with the Lord until he tells me, now speak them. Maybe let me make it simpler. If you have not met a million dollars, don't attend a conference as a guest speaker called How to Make a Million Dollars. Don't. Because what you will come with is theory. And it will not carry the power. Listen, it will not carry the power to multiply whatever you have spoken. 
and manifest it through your hearers. This man knew how to make Gentiles obedient in word and deed. Now, pastor tells his members, tomorrow, I want all of you to come at service and 20% turn up. He has no authority even over his own congregation. Are you following what I'm saying? No authority even over his own congregation. That's not how God has designed life to be. It's like a parent who tells their child, don't do this, and that child cannot listen. They have no authority over. Now, Paul tells you, if you require to be a bishop, you require a good thing. Then he gives you the qualifications. He says you must be a husband, one wife, blameless, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, able to teach. Next verse. Not given to wine, no striker, no greedy or filthy looker, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous. Uh-huh. One, listen, that ruleth well his own house, having his children in subjection with all gravity. If your child can't listen to you, a church member can't. That's exosia. That's influence. To get to a point where you can look at your child and they know what you're saying, you don't even need to beat them up. They just look at you and they know the lion has roared. Because it's with the same influence, Bishop, you'll bring to the church. Are you following what I'm saying? So if God respects principle to that level and he says, no, if you can't rule this house, you can't rule the house of God. What makes you think that because you have gone on a prayer mountain, you're going to say, step the principle. It's not possible. It's not possible. Oh, I speak, I speak a million dollars. Yes, but there has to be something to qualify you to be able to speak it. You have the power to speak it, but do you have the authority to speak it? Do you have the permission to speak it? Do you have the right to speak it? Go in the name of Jesus Christ, whom Jesus and Paul preaches. Jesus we know. Paul we know. But who are you? Who are you? They have not yet understood how to function under exosia. Are you following what I'm saying? And whether you want it, you can carry all the false humility you want in the world. You know, we have Christians who carry false humility. Oh, I don't need to know or be known by anybody or anything as long as I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'll go to heaven one day. That's all. I just want to be a worm. I want to be a worm. That's false humility. <laughs> I don't care whatever you're going to strike here. But this is a truth. Every child of God needs some influence because there are certain doors you're never going to open by prayer but by the influence on your life there are certain things you're never ever going to be able to command except you have a certain influence on your spirit the power that convinces things to agree with you the power that convinces days to respond to your name months to respond to your name years to speak the wisdom of your identity in Christ somebody shout influence you need it you remember the three powers power over yourself 
power over the things you possess and power with men. When it comes to power with men, brother, you must understand exosia. The Bible says, your people shall be willing in your day of power. They shall be willing. They'll be influenced in your day of power. He says that in the beauty of holiness from the womb of this morning, thou hast the dew of thy youth. You have the dew of your youth. How many of you know that dew fell before manna came? Heavenly food, come on. He's talking about revelation. That you'll carry the revelation of your youth. And youth here means the place of your strength. You get what I'm trying to tell you? The revelation of your strength. He says, your people shall be willing in your day of power. If you're a politician, you need it. If you're business people, and some people say, but my people, yes. Let me tell you, when a customer walks in to your business to buy something from you, all right? And then somebody comes and insults them. What do you say? Why are you insulting my customer? Because the moment they enter that building, they are your customer. By the bearing of heaven, there is a law that has caused them to belong to your eon, to agree with the virtue of your labor. That's no coincidence. Because there's a man whose shop is open and nobody's entering. There's a place I know in Uganda and I think some of you know it. Somewhere on Bombo Road. There are two petrol stations next to each other. Every time I drive on that road, there's a petrol station where cars are lining behind each other. And there's one that is dry. Every time I pass there, and I say, look at the power of influence. Somebody shout influence. You need the liberty to be able to express yourself in the dynamis that God has placed on your life for the cause of his purposes. That is how we are defined. Oh, by the way, some of you didn't know. If you don't have that, then you carry no distinction. Because dunamis is generic. You shall cast out devils. That's for all believers. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's for all believers. Authority as well is for all believers. But God says it's patterned. And he spake with authority, not as the scribes. Not as the scribes. They had the power of credentials. He had the authority of the Holy Spirit. So Paul says, I didn't speak because I knew how to convince, but there was a power of God operating. And it stirred in the hearts of my hearers the most holy emotions. He spoke and every time he was speaking, something went inside their hearts and cut. And thus persuading them. If the man who built three quarters of the New Testament needed this thing, you need it, I assure you. Because he knew by Christ that you needed the perfect balance. You needed the perfect balance. Are you following me, child of God? 
We're entering a season, let me call it a phase, a time in human history, where certain voices must be silenced. Because in some nations, as we see now, some voices are speaking louder than some people. Yes, they're making lame men walk. They're still opening blind eyes. But the power to tame a person to the right character and essence, they have lost. They carry a power whose authority they cannot demonstrate. I say the next generation of Christianity must function with such undoubtable authority that everything that man or woman pronounces is by right to be so and not otherwise. Not only do they have the power to command things, but they also have the power to move things. They have the power to execute things. They have the power to open borders. They have the power to shut portals or open them. Hallelujah, glory to God. They're qualified to speak where some people cannot speak because without that influence, there's a certain level of presence you'll not carry. Not every miracle comes with a certain presence. No, but every level of influence comes with a certain presence comes with a certain presence. You can see a miracle and not be moved. But if a person has a certain influence on their lives, you will be moved. Something will move you. Something will move you. Hallelujah, glory to God. Even the devil knows it. Even the devil knows it. I have seen people who can do miracles and the devil has no problem with them. But when they start functioning under a certain authority, a certain influence. He knows he's in trouble. That's why this grace will attract so much love and favor from men but the equal measure of persecution and hatred because you can never be in the middle. It's either reviving or offending. It cannot be politically correct because everywhere it goes it has an effect. Wherever you're going to enter, you'll have an effect. You enter a supermarket and a man will be stacking things here and you will feel that somebody unusual has entered. You enter a bus and they'll sense that there's a woman who has entered and they're not usual. You'll enter a place and they will feel that a certain weight, a certain presence has come here and certain things must flee. Somebody shout amen. Why? Because the expression of those liberties defines the circumference of your influence. That's what the Bible calls being crowned with glory. Crowns are the circumferences of your influence. How far does your influence extend? There are people who are in Uganda and their voices cannot leave where they live. There are people who are in a city, but their voices can move to the end of that city. There are people who are in nations, but their voices move beyond the nations and they go over oceans and they go to the islands, the byways and the highways. There are people who can stand in one place and speak and the whole world hears. Somebody shout amen. 
I want you to say influence. You, you know, every time you're calling it, every time you're calling it, you're positioning your spirit for something. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah, glory to God. This is what the Lord told me. That I pour out such glory tonight. Some of you, you're going to be amazed at how much influence you're going to have on people for God's purpose. The Holy Spirit is moving. Without that presence, there are things you'll never command. Without that presence, there are places you'll never enter. There are gates you'll never open. There are realms you'll never access. There are things you'll never demonstrate. There are things you'll never express by God. I feel the Spirit tell me, let's pray. Open your mouth, somebody. Something is building here. Something is building here. Something is building here. God is putting a weight on your lips. Every word will come with such a weight. It will be so heavy in the spirit realm. Somebody open your mouth. I feel the prince of God is here. Over again, I give my life. Over again, I give my soul. Over again, over again, I belong to you. Over again, I give my life. Over again, I keep my soul. Over again, over again, Jesus, I belong to you. Over again, I keep my soul. There's a consecration taking place right now. There's a consecration taking place right now. Because there are people here who are ready to serve God. Power of the Holy Ghost! Only for the sake of God. Somebody speaking other tongues. Sing over again, over again. I give my life. Over again, I keep my soul. Over again, over again, I belong to you. Over again, I keep my life. Over again, I keep my soul. Over again, over again, I belong to you. 
Come and speak to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Take it all in the name of Jesus. I want to pray for people who God has called to preach the gospel. To teach the word. I pray for a certain grace and glory to mantle you. In the name of Jesus. And every word you shall speak. It shall come with such authority. Somebody receive it in the name of Jesus. If you're a prophet and you're here. Receive it in the name of Jesus. May you be high. May you be high. If you're a worshiper and you're here, receive it in the name of Jesus. May your worship be high. May it command seasons. May it command times. Come on, speak a few more minutes. God is doing something. Come on, Masanda Gosi Paradega Rekatato Kasatalapa. Get a hold of it. Get a hold of this thing. Receive this thing. Receive this thing. Receive this thing. That said the Lord, you'll speak to many. You'll command many. You will lead many. Somebody receive it. I don't know who it is for. But there's somebody I'm talking to. Holy Spirit, arrest that man and woman. Mantle them in the name of Jesus. Ashes. I see the Spirit of God moving. Mata copra de gazombre de geteleparate. Bring them in front. Bring them in front. Masalala balade. Rosa catala palade go brande catalapa. Somebody's feeling an anointing like you have not felt before. <laughs> Satata copra regata, recatala mandolica, Pravoligaus Masantele prodigatala palare, Zoricato parando bridega zontalapa, Masore casombra de gatalapa, Rocotilla catala parade gazombra de gatalapa, Rosele ketelepa, Zole coya palando kiribosa gatalapa, Ericato, God is opening somebody's eyes to see. Ah, a scroll is opening in the name of Jesus. Hey, Kalaba, to receive the assignment of your generation. Somebody receive it in the name of Jesus. Sharara pararega brandega talapa. Rokotele paratele bogo shibradega talapu. Rakatole palate. God gives you visibility. 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 Whatever veil has been covering your mission, 
whatever veil has been covering your ministry whatever veil has been covering your tread whatever veil has been covering your dream whatever veil has been covering your talent whatever veil has been covering your skill whatever veil has been covering the grace operating on your life I declare and I declare that God takes it off he anoints your coldness you will not be ignored you'll not be put in the back you'll not be positioned last in the name of Jesus receive it in the name of Jesus God is about to announce you I say God is going to announce you I say God is going to announce you he's going to announce you to all that matter he's going to announce you to all of advantage he's going to announce you to all of progress he's going to advantage you and announce you to all of increase he's going to announce you to all of prosperity everybody you need will catch your attention you will not seek it in the mighty name of Jesus the Spirit of God positions you Receive it, 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 receive it. I see somebody, you feel like water is being poured on your head. There's another one feeling heat in your hands, another one is feeling heat on your forehead as a sign in the mighty name of Jesus. Receive it! I see God anoint somebody's feet and you're going to feel the power of God in your feet and that's a sign of how far you're going to go God says I'm going to move you to the ends of the earth I'm moving you to the north I'm moving you to the south I'm moving you to the east I see nations open to you there are people here nations are literally opening for your business they are opening for your ministry they are opening for your dreams they're opening for your innovations. They're opening for your ideas. They're opening for your altar. They're opening for your altar. Shata kopa, roko palando begezeleta, roko tapakatole parade, rodiga zompalata. This is your season. This is your time. This is your day. Rakola digazompa. I see somebody here. You're going to redeem decades in the next year. You're going to redeem decades in the next month. You're going to redeem decades this week. It, oh, oh, oh. Receive it. Shalala paradega sombra degata. Ericato palatola baradi. Receive it. Receive it. Masopra regata. Receive it. Eliko talamantolepa. The Spirit of God is moving. Shanta kotele parado. Serakata. Such a weight of glory settling on somebody's head. Oh, Holy Spirit. Where are your chosen ones? Where are your chosen ones? Where are your chosen ones? Kela Tolaba. Vindication of the Spirit. Vindication of the Spirit. Vindication of the Spirit. Vindication of the Spirit. That's the right introduction. And the Holy Spirit is going to introduce you. He's going to introduce you to them that matter. 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. Over again, I give my soul over again. Listen, some of you in a few, I see people here. The world will not believe. They'll say, is that an African? Is, is, was she in a third world country? I see people here. Exosia is mine. Exosia is mine. E calobra de gazando le parate kazombre de geshere parate eri kazombra le katala parate I have influence over my people I have influence over this land I have influence over Africa say I have influence over the nations of the world for the glorification of his name and expansion of his kingdom my voice is accentuated in places I might never reach physically by reason of the anointing eri katola brade gazanta loko pratakata eri katopredi Sign miracles and wonders are working in my life. I am progressing every other day. The path of the just shines brighter and brighter. And to a perfect day. The longer they live, the Bible says, the brighter they will shine in the mighty name of Jesus. Eya koshala la kotelepa rekando zebra de gasala porete eshora kotelepa erigo zembra de gatalapa thank you holy spirit for the anointing thank you for the glory thank you for the glory thank you for the glory mashala koteleparado rekada the bible says you shall be the heads and not the tail the heads are not the tail that's influence you shall be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. Resala kotele porigatamba katalapo. Rekosele prorogozimbra de gatala paradegazo rekoti. If you're there and you've never given your life to Christ, if you're there, you say, I want to receive Jesus. Because if you're not born again, power is not yours. Exosia is not yours. But above all, eternal life is not yours. Jesus shed his blood for you that you might be free and not only would you leave but that you'll inherit eternal life so if you're there and you say i want to be born again just repeat these words from your heart and say this say lord jesus i thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory today I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior.
Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at fenero.org. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our week fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.